Hey everybody, what's up? Chris here. Since this is the final episode of 2016, I wanted to take a minute to say a huge thanks. Um, This past year was hugely successful for us, and we wanted to let you know that we're not just sitting around here basking in the glory. I mean, we we could reminisce for months on how amazing it's been, but as a team, we're already looking forward. Uh, You helped us create momentum that we're going to carry into 2017 full force, and we're going to bring some exciting new ideas to fruition. Uh, Thanks to our podcast patrons, we've got a couple of new concepts coming, uh, The Devil's Advocate and The Not-So-Average Joe, Not-So-Average Jane. You'll hear more about those later. We're excited. We've also started developing our live shows, and we've got a couple of those scheduled for 2017, so you'll hear more about that too. If you've been on a waiting list for a plan, uh, we'll be contacting you soon. Our platform is about to expand. And speaking of which, I'd like to give an official welcome to our guy, Paul Corsaro, who is the, uh, the author of our Kettlebells for Climbers program. He'll be coaching strength and conditioning through the Power Company app very, very soon. So if you're looking to uh, do some kettlebell work, Paul can work with you from anywhere. And, uh, you know, between new ebooks, new app plans, video analysis, a newsletter, um, and revamped workshops, we've got our hands full. And for that, from the whole team, myself, Nate, Blake, and Paul, we owe you a huge thanks. See you next year. Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, this time, this time, this What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Rolay. And together we form the Dukes of Hazard. And even though I really want to be Luke, I'm fairly sure you're Luke. Okay. You're a much cooler Luke than I am. And I can go with Bo. I can take that. Bo, is that what you were thinking? Well, <laughs> Uncle Jesse. I could definitely be Uncle Jesse. No question. Someday the mountain might get him, but the law never will. All right, uh, dude, what's been going on? It's been a while. Where you been? I've uh, been in Smith and Colorado for a little bit. Doing, starting to get back in sport climbing. How was, how was Smith? Heinous. <laughs> so heinous. Like, oh man, it was a blast though. Like all the locals were awesome. Had a really great time and I'll be going back next fall for sure. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Because when I first talked to you, you were like, Dude, this sucks. I'm just getting hammered. I'm leaving right now. It was awful. Yeah. Up until, if I didn't have the last day I had, last day was like 45 and sunny and perfect. Oh, more for that, I probably would never go back. That's good. <laughs> it's like golf. All you need is one good shot, and then you come back to play, even though you suck horribly. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly how it was. Yeah. So go back to flailing next year. Awesome. Yeah, how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, Red River sport climbing and battling heat mostly and battling skin conditions because it's the only things I have left here that I'm really psyched on and and because I'm trying to get ready for Waco or short bouldery things Mm. and they're all condition dependent because I've done all the other things and I'm just getting beat up so but I'm liking it I like this beat down I'm getting 
Nice. It kind of goes along with uh, today's topic as well. It does. We are going to talk about red point tactics today, our top three red point tactics. Uh, I don't know who started last, but tell you. Uh, I'll go ahead and jump in. All right. So my number one is uh, the top-down approach. I just don't see people do it enough, and it irks me like crazy. And if you don't know what the top-down approach is, that just basically means that you aren't starting from the ground and trying to get a high point every time. You're... Some of your attempts, uh, you know, depending on the route, sometimes it works best to just try to get a high point. Sometimes the top-down approach, specifically when there's a crux near the top, works really well. And that's start at bolt four and go to the top. Then start at bolt three and try to go to the top. Get big overlaps. Yeah, exactly. And you can do your high points as well at the same time. That way you've got this giant, ever-growing, overlapping section. So... I think that's my number one. It just irks me when I see people not do it and bang their head against falling at the crux at the top a million times like I did on swing line for 70 tries. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Now, you see that out here all the time, especially on the entire undertow wall. And by the way, here is at the Red River Gorge. Uh, yep, we're in Land of the Arches campground, yeah. drinking beers. This is the first episode, actually, that we haven't been consuming a crazy amount of some sort of liquid that's affecting our health. <laughs> this is our first beer, my first beer of the night. Yeah, uh, mine too. Is this your first? All yeah. Right. Cool. We'll go with that. We're sober. This is our first sober board meeting. I'll drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so do you employ the top-down approach often? Is this something you use? Yeah, I think it's a really great tactic. Um, you know, it really does depend, like... I mean, obviously, you need to go. I think it's always important to give something a good flash effort or good onside effort, mm-hmm. um, and then from there, man, yeah, just work like work out as much as you can, and that's going to go with uh, my number one, which is answer all your questions before you go for it. Mm, yeah, good one. And this one applies to bouldering. I'd say for bouldering, it almost it's a little bit easier than with sport climbing because bouldering you can, I mean, you can pull off the ground almost anywhere on a boulder. Right. Right. But I can't tell you how often I see it. Someone will be pulling on a boulder. And I'll be like, okay, so how are you going to do the crux move? And they're like, I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah. That's like, wait, you like, you, you need to be able to pull on and like not half, you don't need to be thinking. Like you should not be thinking about what you're doing. You should just be like, I'm going to breathe and I'm going to try hard. Like nothing else should be going through your mind really. Yep. You shouldn't be like, well, I'll see what feels good when I get there and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Does um, that go for flash attempts as well or is this... Do yeah. You, do you see this with red pointing also? Oh, for like uh, especially just to send boulders, especially red pointing. Okay. Um, well, because a lot of times, like you know, when you work out a move right off the ground, you're like, well, I can jump through this move, or I can do a really hard static move, and my foot stays. I can't tell which one's harder because you don't have any pump or anything. You're just right, pulling on and right, trying right. it. So you know, I'll just like, see how I feel. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but if you know, if you're not committing for either, then you're not gonna. Your chances of doing it are really low. Like you're better off saying, well, I'm just going to jump for it or I'm just going to try and keep the foot. Pick one, whichever one makes the most sense, whichever one your gut tells you is right and just commit 100%, you're going to have a better chance than if you half-ass it either way. Yep, have a plan for sure. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think same thing goes for flashing. You know, inspect the top out of a boulder. Like look at everything. Look from all angles, look into all the holds, make sure everything's brushed, clean, primed. 
Um, yep. And this is red point tactics, but I mean, yeah, even for flashing, like there's a lot you can put into it to really make sure, make sure your pads are in a good place. Yeah, no doubt. Like, there should be no hesitation in what you do. Yeah. And talk same, it over with your spotters, talk it over with your belayer, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. You know? A huge one for sport climbing. And this was, I was talking with someone about this just this morning. Uh, so we were talking about kaleidoscope here at the red mm -hmm. and I was talking about how I was not comfortable climbing the last bit of it until I finally went to the anchors. So when I was working it, I was always one hanging. I was like falling at the crux and I was going to the top. Yep. Well, thing is whenever I'd fall at the crux and go to the top from there, I was always fresh enough. I could clip the last bolt. Right which most people end up skipping it, bolts in a weird spot, yep. and to stop and clip's just really hard. And so I was always just like practicing clipping it and going, and I knew in my head that when I got there on point, I was not going to be able to skip it and not think about it. Like it just wasn't gonna, ha wasn't gonna happen. So finally I went up, had one hung it, fell at the crux, and then went up, skipped the bolt, went to the anchors, and then let go from there. Mm, took the fall. Yeah, I took yep. the biggest possible fall imaginable. Yep. On that answered the question of what was going to happen. Yeah, like yep. there, that was it. And like I did the same thing with the madness. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so from there, man, I, I think I did it in the next go or two. And it, yep. you know, it's funny because I hadn't even gotten to that. I hadn't reached that point yet in the route. But suddenly, this question was gone. It wasn't. Oh, will I commit when I get there? I don't know. It's like a little spooky. I mean, because it kind of is. Uh, yeah. There was no hesitation anymore. I was like, well, I'm ready to do it. Uh, and interestingly enough, that bolt that I fell on pulled out a week later. Oh, back then. Yeah. yeah. Someone went to the anchors, had skipped the last bolt like I had, and when they took the rope going taut, yeah, popped that out. bolt out. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun to learn yeah, it about. loosened itself up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Awesome. Welcome to the red. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, just answering all the questions, making sure you know what you're doing. like So you can just pull on and try hard and not have to have all of these different questions going through your head. Yep. And that sort of leads me right into my number two, which is review sections, even, even the moderate ones, even the easy sections. Mm -hmm. Don't just climb through, clip the next bolt when you're, you know, when you're working the route and you're going bolt to bolt or section to section or whatever, if you're fresh to working it, don't just climb through and assume you know what, what just was best. Especially you know. if you're in the red, because especially if you're in the red. everything's easy. If you're bolt to bolting, yeah, you're like, oh, that was nice. It was all V zero, and yep. then suddenly all those jugs feel heinous. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I've been telling, like, I've been climbing with Annalise is my main climbing partner, and and she has a tough time with the unknown, like her first time up bolt to bolt. And she, what I've been telling her is, fight that first time, like expect that you're going to fight, expect that it's going to feel hard, climb through it, clip the bolt, then you get to lower back down and figure it out on top rope. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to figure it out as you go, get scared, fall off, jump off. If you can do it, just do it, and then you can come back down, review the section. And oftentimes I see people skip over the parts that that I could see they were climbing a little tentative or it was a little funky mm -hmm. or they did something strange, but they made it through and then they never review that section again. That was good enough. Yeah. And then they yeah. get there the next time thinking they remember what to do and they just <laughs> blocked it all out of their mind and they're like, what the fuck? I don't remember this part. And then they fall off. Yeah. Same thing happens. I know to me and a lot of other people on siding as well, 
you know, you go up and you just charge through a section and in your mind, you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad, but you were yeah. trying really hard. Like you were very focused. And so when you go to try and repeat it, you fall in a section you never fell in. Yeah, totally. Um, Cause it's not like you went, but it's very rare for someone to, you know, if you onsite, let's say to the ninth bolt, few people are lowering back down to the fourth bolt to be like, well, that move was a little tenuous. Right. I'm not sure. And they're like, no, nope. I fell on this move. I'm going to rehearse this. And then I'm going to go to the anchors. I'm about to crush this second go. And then they fall at the fourth bolt. And then yep. I actually have a third go rule with on sites. So, on site up to your third go. <laughs> yeah, Love that totally. rule. Totally. I can on site for as long as I choose to. Yeah. Until I say I'm making red point attempts. <laughs> no. Um, if I try to on site something and I fall off, I don't try to do it second go. I then use it the next time I'm at that crag as a bolt to bolt warm up. And then I do it. And that's my warm up for the day. Yeah, I think that's a good method. So that way I'm not like freaking out about the possible second go. And then I'm not doing it six try because I think, well, I almost onsided. I should be able to do a second try. Mm -hmm. you know? So I, I take all that out of the equation. Yeah. You also take out your two point bonus on 8A. Yeah, but you know. That's okay. You're in the over 40 category. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. easy up there. Yeah. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. Um, yeah. So actually, I have something to add to that it was on my list and i took it out but one of my absolute favorite tactics and this goes predominantly for big endurance pitches but it also works really well with bouldery roots that have easier sections like what you're saying and once you so what i'll do is once i'm done giving something great out red point efforts like let's say i can try something three times in a day and then i've got no chance of sending it yep. what i'll do is i'll get on a fourth or sometimes if i know i'm gonna like if i up for a weekend and I'm going to not be climbing outside for, you know, the next five days. I may even give it five goes because on my fourth or fifth go, I can't do anything but the most effective beta. Right, right, right. Like, you're going to learn new things that you didn't know you knew. Yeah. yeah. Like, because, you know, when you're fresh, you can kind of power through totally all the lower stuff. Like everything that's a little bit easy for you, you can just kind of thug through. And you don't really need to place your feet perfectly or everything be well balanced. Yep. Um, so you end up kind of burning off a lot of energy that you don't even realize because, I mean, they're easy moves. But yeah, so, and we were talking about this today. So what you might do, let's say if you're on a route that has a really hard opening boulder problem for you and has a really hard boulder at the very end and there's a bunch of like pumpy intermediate climbing in the middle, you know, maybe skip that opening boulder problem if it's your fourth or fifth go because it's just going to wreck you or your skin can't handle it or whatever. And now that you're tired, just take the time and be patient. Really work out that middle section. So when you come back fresh, you know, you'll be fresh enough to do that boulder and you'll have that whole middle section dialed in. Yep. And so, yeah, that to me, I think is a really good red point tactic. Yeah, is, totally. And I think like places like the red or long routes, I think when you try to climb your project fatigued, you learn that you can catch little shakes in places that you never thought you could, <laughs> you know. So when you suddenly need them, yeah. Yeah. So I think, that's a, I think that's a good tactic everywhere. to use. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Um, Is right. that your number? That was, that was my number two. So yeah. We need yours. Oh, no, wait. I have to tell you a story because it kind of is in line with this this review section. Is this the story you're not supposed to tell? This is the story I'm not supposed to tell. Okay. But I'm going to tell it to you. No one's going to hear this. Yeah. So <laughs> Annalisa was working on uh, Buddha hole, which is 11 D and she hadn't climbed a route this hard in quite a while. Mm -hmm. And she's intimidated by 
long, steep routes. This one's a long, steep route. She's also intimidated by getting in and out of Wacos, and you get in and out of a couple of Wacos on this one. Yeah. So the intimidation factor is really high. She's going up at bolt to bolt. <clears throat> she gets to a spot where she's staring a bolt. It's right in her face. She's just staring at it. You know, She's on good holds. Mm-hmm. She yells down, I can't clip from here. I'm like, well, then don't try to clip from there. Mm-hmm. You know, Make a move. Yeah. I can't rest here. Okay, then don't rest there. Make a move. You know, there's there's jugs above you. Move to the jugs. She says, I'm off. I'm like, nope, you're still there. <laughs> I'm off now. And she jumps off, you know. And I was like, okay, we need a plan. Like, you need to go up there, recognize that those holds aren't the ones you're going to clip from, mm-hmm. and move to the next holds, clip from there. Like, that's that's what needs to happen on red point that's what needs to happen now so she gets psyched up she gets back on she climbs back to those same two holds hesitates for a second and i'm waiting for her to make the move and she like speed ninja tries to clip (laughs) and i'm not ready for this clip right Mm -hmm. i'm like waiting for the move so she feels tension like she gets a little bit of a short rope Uh and she yells at me don't sabotage my clip (laughs) (laughs) and everybody at the crag was just like whoa but it was a great moment because then i was like you're just sabotaging yourself babe nothing to do with me (laughs) but i wasn't supposed to tell you that so don't tell anybody i won't yeah total secret girls all right you're number two all right um it is got a whole list. I'm trying to figure out which one I like best. Um be careful about going all in too early. Mhm. For sure. I, I see this all the time. You know, people are like, "You know what? I'm going to go send I'm ready." Yeah. I'm going to go send my big project this year. It's uh you know, it's November in Chattanooga. It's only 85 degrees. Yeah. I'm going to work it out now. And come March, I'm going to have it dialed. And I'm going to send it. And then, yeah, like what ends up happening a lot of times, you'll see people, and this happens with roots. This happens with absolutely everything. People start projecting and then they just kind of start getting weak because that's all they're trying. Yep. And I mean, a single router, a single boulder, especially, you can only handle trying it so many times like you were climbing on castles fallen today yep. it's a very shoulder intensive route yep i mean if that if that was your full-time project like let's say you're like okay i'm gonna go one on one off i'm just gonna try castle has fallen until i do it you would explode your shoulder yep, for like, sure yeah it would be horrible yep and uh, your skin's getting hit in the same places mm-hmm. and, yeah exactly not um, good for you and not only that like I think trying a big project too early in the season just stunts your growth for the entire season. Like you have to build up momentum. I know you're yep. a really big fan of uh, early season mini projects. Yep. Yep. Um, do you have any favorite preference for how to go about those? Yeah, I I really like to have an anti style project, mm-hmm. a little mini project early in the season, just because it seems to set me up nicely to not pay so much attention to the grades, like beat myself up on a 12D or 13A that I should be able to do first or second try, you know. But it takes me 
you know, eight tries or 10 tries because it's something that's totally foreign to me. And then I get to learn some cool things, you know, and I've got, I've got my head in the right place. Yeah. Got some know? momentum going. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, Will Anglin might refer to as a vegetable rock climb. A vegetable rock climb. Yeah. He likes to call the boulders oh, that just stomp in vegetable boulders. Yeah. So he's, you know, getting his vegetables yeah. in. Yeah. Got to get the vegetables. I prefer donut rock climbs. <laughs> I prefer donut everything. Yes. Fact. Good job, Will Anglin. That's a that's a good way to categorize those. Uh, shout out tension rock climbing. Um, it's tension wood climbing, actually. Tension. Is it really tension wood? <laughs> it's tension climbing. Okay. But but it's all wood stuff. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not only that. I mean, like we were saying, injury prevention. Like I think if you can look at it. If you have an injury and you can say, this is the exact hold, this is the exact move, like the the one thing that did you in, like that hurt you, you fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I can tell you like from experience, there is a, there is a pocket in wild (laughs) iris that I'm just like, yeah, that one that like has affected my life for the last three years. Yeah. I'm going back to that pocket in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they're different, like, and this happens to everyone. Like I can be like, oh, that one heel hook. I've never once been surprised by these injuries. And I had a buddy even tell me this because I remember he was trying a boulder that was like three finger open hand and he ended up popping his ring finger on it, uh, like a flexor unit strain. And I asked him, I was like, man, that really sucks. You know, like, uh, like, the, you know, how you dealing with it? He's like, I wasn't surprised. Like it hurt as I was going into it. And I remember when I pulled on that I was just hoping it would hold together. Yeah. And what's funny is that's exactly what I was thinking as I was pulling on that route. I was just on like, Stetson. man, I hope, yeah, on Atomic yeah. Stetson. It's like, God, I hope this just holds together for one more pitch. And I was just, yeah, I was being greedy because I was that was my last day in Wild Iris. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wanted to finish up a rock climb. And it's still your last day in Wild Iris. That was still my last day in Wild <laughs> Iris. Yeah, that, that uh, stayed true. But yeah, like, I mean, that's just it. Like, I fucked up. Like, I knew it was happening. And yep. I feel like a lot of these injuries that people have, like they know what's going on. Like I was climbing in Joe's Valley and I ran into a girl who was trying Resident Evil. It's got a hard heel hook move. And uh, I was like, oh, how's it going? She was like, oh, it's a little rough because I can only try it mm, like five, 10 times a day. And then I, ha- I can't climb for the rest of the day because like my whole leg hurts so much. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's like, that's not, that's not good. Like, <laughs> you know, I just want to be like, well, why don't you try anything else? Like you know, go, instead of just projecting this one V10, like go, right. I don't know. Few. Yeah. Go for the next, like, and sh- I think she had been trying it for like two or three years. It's like, just go do a bunch of V8s, V9s and stuff like that. And you'll come back and like be healthier and be able to crush it. Yep. But yeah. Stuff like that, you know, that shouldn't happen. And so I think that is one of the downsides of, and I think there is a time for going all in on red pointing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know, there's a time yep. where it's like, okay, <clears throat> season's here. Like I'm good. I'm prime. Like, head down, focus, like, let's make this happen. Yep. And I think it's easy. I see this happen a lot around here for people to be like, the weather's amazing. It's time to go jump on the project. Mm -hmm. And really what just happened is it dropped from 95 to 80. You know, it's still not good weather. But I'm still wearing my puffy. (laughs) It just feels good. Yeah. But it's still not great for for the climb, you know. And it puts your head in a bad place, I think, when you're, going in the moves feel extra hard everything feels slimy or too cold still or Mm -hmm. whatever you know if it's if it's not the prime time to be performing it puts your head in this space of everything feels bad and i'm failing yeah 
And the thing is, you can almost always, this is actually one of my other ones, but I think I have like five. You can, you, you can always play conditions. Mm-hmm. Like there are always climbs that are better than like, if I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, only going to try this one rock climb, that would limit me on when I can, what I can try. Like, yep. you know, if it's really hot, I should go to something that's overhanging that gets all day shade, maybe in a really windy spot, yep. you know, pick stuff like that. Like, yeah, play the conditions to where you're always climbing where it's best. I mean, that's like, that's the whole point of people who go and travel all the time. Like, yeah. You want to yeah. go chase good conditions. Chase it. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, right. Break. Yes. Break. What's up, everybody? Chris here. Sorry to interrupt. I'll keep this brief. Since this podcast thing became officially official, I've gotten a bunch of messages from you guys asking how you can help out and make sure that it keeps going. Well, now we've got a way. Our new Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast, is set up so that you can become patrons of the podcast. We want to keep this thing sponsor-free. You know, we want to keep it mostly commercial-free, except for our own commercials, like this one, of course. Um, So the way it's set up is that you can donate monthly, um, $1 a month, $5 a month, all the way up to $25 a month, and you get rewards in return for that. For instance, for the $5 a month, you get our Google Voice number, which means you can call, leave us a voicemail message, and we'll play it on the podcast and try to answer any questions that you have. Um, So we're trying to give back to you guys and, again, trying to keep this thing sponsor-free. So help us out. Patreon.com slash PowerCompanyPodcast. Or you can go to PowerCompanyClimbing.com and click on the podcast tab. Thanks a lot. Back to the show. Okay, and we're back. Uh, Is it me? It's me. It is you. Uh, my number three is about warming up for Red Point. Oh, um, okay. I really like the bolt-to-bolt on your project warm-up. doesn't work for everything. If there's like a stupid hard boulder problem at the bottom, pull through the damn thing. Whatever. You don't mm-hmm. have to... And it's not your first warm-up necessarily. You know, you get warmed up. For sure. But especially in a really involved project... It's pretty nice to refresh your memory, especially if you're a weekend warrior, mm-hmm. you aren't on it, you know, every other day. Refresh your memory, dial some things in, and get confident, you know. Be totally okay with saying take. That way all the moves feel good again. It's all good in your head. It's not just the last memory of you failing, you know, at the end of a day. And you just get psyched to try it again. Yeah. Yeah. It always feels better to me when I warm up bolt to bolt on the project. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I mean, it's really fresh in your mind. Um, to kind of pair. And, and the same oh. with boulders. Like, you know. Oh, not, do all the moves individually and stuff. there hopefully aren't bolts on your boulders. But yeah, yeah, do, do some of the moves, you know. Warm yeah. up to the harder moves. I, yeah, I think that's a great way to go about it. Um, one of my favorite tactics as well, and this gets a little bit more in the nitty gritty of tactics, but I think that's all right. Um this one's from Matt Hughes. And whenever you're climbing Shout out on, Matt Hughes. Shout out Matt Hughes, a.k.a. the Golden Boy. The Golden Boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this was on For the Root Golden Boy. It's a big power endurance line here in the red. Absolutely mm-hmm. stunning. And the thing is, you want it to be fairly cold for that route. They're all kind of slopey edges. Yep. But because there aren't great rests, you can numb out really numb easily out on it. Fast, yeah. So what I learned from Matt, and I've used this plenty of times is he would go up to the fourth bolt on that thing 
So tie in, go to the fourth bolt, lower, and then pull his rope, rest like five minutes or so, and then go from there. Mm-hmm. And so what that would do is, you know, they'd get him a little, it's like a pre-warm up. Yep. But not only that, something else I realized is that would get you, like the first four bolts, you now, it's as fresh as it's ever going to be because you were just off on it. Yep. And that was all very relatively easy climbing. But uh, yeah, so then when you would pull back on, those first four bolts you had as dialed as they would ever be. It was amazing. Like you could just sprint right through them and suddenly it seemed like it shortened the route significantly. Yep, yep. Uh, My friend Justin used exactly that tactic on Darth Maul. Oh, nice. And it worked really well. Yeah. He'd just climb up. He'd feel like he got recruited for that style of climbing, Mm -hmm. you know, and lower off. We'd time the rest, five minutes, and he'd go. Man, I... I think it's a great way to go. Um, yeah, and it works really well for routes that have nice, easy intro. Maybe if you just gave a long belay to someone, mm-hmm. anything like that. Or yeah, if you're just dealing with numbing out. Because man, numbing out sucks. Like when yeah, you're does. when you're projecting something and you're like, I'm <clears throat> only falling because I'm cold. Like I don't, it's like, yes, this is a difficult rock climb, but I am not pumped. Like I should not be falling. I am just, you know, I've got bricks for hands. Yep. Yeah, that, that sucks. No that wall that. especially that Golden Boy is on is a, is a tough wall to gauge for mm-hmm. that because I remember I would get on it on days when it felt like it was a little colder than before and I would numb out. And then the minute the sun hits the wall, it's like the route's impossible. Yeah. I couldn't do any of the moves. You know, nothing, there's nothing in cut on the entire route. You know, mm-hmm. it's just all these slopey open handed holds. So, That's yeah. a really fine grit mm-hmm. sandstone, too. Yep. That's perfect rock, but. Yeah, if it's a little too warm, it just feels impossible. So it's it's tough. But that's one of my favorite tactics that I've kept around since uh, since that. Yeah, cool. Good job, Matt. Yeah. All right, so my next one is, and this is kind of a kickoff, but um, continue keeping base fitness and base strength while you're red pointing. Mm, okay. Like just cause, yeah. just cause you're in the season doesn't mean, okay, we're all done training. Like, yep, totally. You know, there pull. needs to be maintenance going on. Exactly. Keep a little maintenance going, do a little bit of light fingerboarding, do some core, you know, get, keep everything going. Like that's the best way to elongate your entire season. That way you're not just, you have a quick peak and then you just start like. Yeah. Particularly for extended really campaigns. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. It gets overlooked a lot i mean which it makes sense like when it's good outside i'm here to rock climb like I'm, yeah 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 you know i don't that doesn't mean keep training like yeah. don't don't be super hardcore in the gym but mm-hmm. keep yeah. that stuff up and i i go two different ways on this actually i go depending on the person depending on the route they're projecting sometimes i like to and, and what they what their schedule is like. So for weekend warriors, I oftentimes like to have them do one session early in the week for the energy system that's taxed by that route. So if it's the red, oftentimes early in the week I'll have them do a power endurance workout. It's like a Tuesday or something. Yep. And then later in the week, either rest entirely mm-hmm. or do just like a, you know, fingerboard session if it's super light mm-hmm. uh, core session something like that for people who are more full-time climbers i generally have them working on whatever energy systems aren't being taxed by that route okay so if they're in the red river gorge they should be hangboarding 
you know, doing something for their fingers. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're in Smith, they probably don't need to be hangboarding. Good God. And they should be working on something else. Yeah. Like climbing steep stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like big big power moves on good holds so that you can remember that not all rock climbing hurts. Oh, man. That place is something else. And the people there (laughs) are crazy, too. Just talking with them, I felt like I was in a backwards world. It was crazy. Like... One of my favorite things, I was talking with someone and she was just like, yeah, you know, big overhangs are, I find them kind of intimidating. Like you, when you're climbing and when you fall and you fall into space and you fall away from the wall, to me, it's very comforting when I take a big whip and the wall's just right in front of me <laughs> going by me. And to me, I like, I'm getting anxiety. She's saying this. I'm like, no, yeah, I don't no like, doubt. yeah. Like, oh, there's nothing more comforting than when my foot picks. And I'm like, I see a bolt like blazing right <laughs> past my face, like an inch in front of me. That's just I fall asleep to that image. Oh, man, that's terrifying. Yeah, I was just, it was really <laughs> cool to see, or to like talk talk with yeah, all those people world. there. Yeah, and just everything. You could you could flip everything that anyone would say about the red and how they climbed, and that would be Smith. Just, I'm pretty much universally. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so fun. Like, yeah, it was a completely different experience. Crazy. Um, was that mine or yours? Uh, that, that was, was mine. That was yours. Yeah. Yeah. I've got another yours. one too. All right. Give it to us. Um, are we not taking turns? I think that was three. That was it. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with another one. Um, we'll do some rapid fire ones. All right. How about that? I got one more first and that is learn how to stack your projects in order. So, okay. This is for people who are climbing two, three days on kind of thing. Yep. Um, and I feel very strongly I'm new to this, this, so I'm, I'm interested in hearing this. <laughs> um, not doing a very good job of this right now. Yeah, and I think it's super, it's really important. It's something that people kind of miss out on. Um, and this can be for different reasons. It could be both energy systems and skin or conditions. Um, conditions, I mean, it depends what the weather's doing. Yeah. But specifically, I think more in, uh, in terms of like energy systems, whether it's like a power route, power endurance, endurance route, like stuff like that, or how skin intensive it is. Mm -hmm. So for boulders, we'll just start with boulders. I always prefer like day one, just the crimpiest, nastiest line I can find. Like just because I'm going to rough my skin up, like my skin's good from a rest day or however many rest days or whatever. So So you're not saying you purposely search out the crimpiest, nastiest line. Whichever one I'm interested in. (laughs) I kind of do though, (laughs) because I feel like I'm not that great at them. So I like to kind of always have one going. Okay. So I like having a really nasty crimp project that's just going to like mess my skin up. And then, you know, if that's all you ever tried, then you wouldn't be climbing that much. It would really suck. Your fingers would hurt and like your skin would hurt. So then I'll have like a big slopey compression problem or just something with really comfortable holds. Yep. So that way I can climb like, and then if you even want to go three days on, pick something that's just like a big power endurance rock climb. Like mm-hmm. if you were in Waco, maybe it would look like, I don't know, you do like better eat your Wheaties on day one. And then maybe like, which is like a really crimpy V8, um, fairly sharp. And then day two would be something like the egg, like roof compression, okay. um, all big good holds, heel hooks, very body intensive. And then day three might be, I don't know, baby martini or something. Like it's all jugs, but it's like a 25 foot roof. Gotcha. Something along those lines to where you can keep adding a lot of days. And it depends, you know, if you're on a 10 day climbing trip, I don't want to be going like one on one off, like, right. You know, do whatever it takes to get things done. But 
Right. I like rock climbing. Yeah, so sort of similar how you would stack a training session up if you were going to be training multiple things in one session. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to start with your technical, crimpy, strength, and power-oriented. I don't think I said technique. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that here. It's about have, training and getting strong. <laughs> I'm just going to let that sit there for now. <laughs> um, so you start with strength, power, then you move on to power endurance and endurance. endurance. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. And here's uh throw a wrench in all the things. So let's say we're talking about routes. Um, I don't find that always like perfectly applies the okay. whole strength, power, power, endurance, endurance, even though that's what we always talk about. And you know, that's, what everyone always says, that's the correct order. Yeah, and this is what um, I need to hear because this is where I'm sucking right now. So Jerry Moffat in his book, Revelations, which if you've never read it, anyone out there, it's awesome. Um, he talks about being in the Bukes down in Southern France and he's trying these two routes from, I believe the Leministral brothers. I can't remember the two names of them right now, but uh, one's a big endurance pitch and one's mm-hmm. a bouldery route. Yep. And he said he felt like he could try the really hard endurance route and then go try the really bouldery one, and that was perfect. That worked really well. Hmm. But if he did it in op- opposite order, it was horrible. He just flailed. Okay. Which is strange because that's like th- that goes completely in the face of yeah. what everyone says. Have you tried that? Uh, yes, but here I can't do like so. When I think big endurance routes, it's like Omaha or Trans World. Right. And man, I can't move after those. Right. So I always save like I mean, but those are very like steep, core intensive, and they just yeah. sat me. Yep. You're just on the wall forever. So I would always save. I'm a big fan of, I would do power endurance for like on my first day. Because for me, I just have to be the freshest for power endurance routes. Mm -hmm, Um, And then I could do bouldery, like very difficult bouldery routes for me, bolt difficult on my second day on. And that seemed to work really well. And then if I was going to go three days on, I would have like a big endurance project, just something that was mindless jug bashing. Right. And normally with those, it would kind of be more for fitness. I rarely would red point on my third day on. But typically, once I had cleaned up the first two-day projects, I could just take a rest day and I would just go do really well on right, right, my right, big right. endurance projects. Yep. But that, So that's one thing that I think people should all play with, like kind of see what works for you. Because, you know, maybe some people might be better off having their first day be a really easy endurance day. And like when we do high-low stuff, like I definitely, mm-hmm. like I do really well with my first day being easy stuff. So my, yep. some people might do really well That's with true. endurance climbing. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I, I'm the same way. I, I tend to perform better after I've done a low day. Yeah. So. Which is, yeah, and it kind of makes sense. Like <clears throat> sometimes when you come off a rest day, you feel a little bit rusty or you're just like, how, oh, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It takes you a minute to get back in the groove of things. So for me, if I really want to try hard, I'll go out, I'll climb just really easy the day before, maybe like just stretch and relax afterwards. And then my next day, that's the strongest I'll ever be. I'm always stronger second day on after an easy day than I'll ever be fresh after a rest day. Hmm. Um, okay. So I think yeah. it's it's worth people kind of playing around with, you know, and try and keep somewhat keep track of things and see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important. Keep track of what works for you. Yes. Yep. Totally. Um, All right. That's a good one. Um, Want to do some, just some quickies? Oh, Yeah. Some full right. shenanigan tactics. I got one for the traddies. Cool. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> we don't talk to you guys enough. Um, 
treat the routes like a sport climb. Like, stop romanticizing it. It's not, you know, you're not Ron Calc, whether you want to be or not. You're not unless the you're 70s. And, yeah, unless you're Ron Calc. If you're Ron Calc, thanks for listening. <laughs> um, and we appreciate you. But, but yeah, don't romanticize it. It doesn't have to be this grand adventure when it's a single pitch track climb. You can try much harder trad routes if you treat it like a sport climb. If you're willing to go up a sport climb four or five times before you send it, be willing to go up a track climb four or five times before you send it. And tick mark where you're putting your gear and where the jams are if you can't recognize them. Treat it like a sport climb. And when you're done, brush those ticks off. Yeah, brush the ticks off. Because you're on a trad climb, and I'm sure I'll hear about it from <laughs> trad climbers. <clears throat> It's not how it used to be, Chris. Well, you know, that is how it used to be. It was just a well-kept secret. <laughs> um, all right. What do I got? I got a cup. This is rapid fire. Um, take care of your skin. Jesus Christ. Like, Jesus Christ, huh? Yeah. Jesus Christ took care of his skin. No. Yeah, I brought uh, up Ron Calc. You brought up Jesus Christ. One-upmanship right there. <laughs> um, man, this is such an easy win. Yeah, like, I agree. Uh, to quote Brian Anthony's, skin is the currency with which you buy sins. Oh, sick. Yeah, because he was making fun of someone because there was a guy who like, had just crushed a fairly difficult boulder. And as he was topping it out, he was looking at his skin. He's like, oh, God damn it. I split my tips and this is terrible and my skin's all bad. Brian was just like, you just sent. You're not allowed yeah. to be mad. Like, yeah. you use skin to buy boulders. Just like, that's how money. this works. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's. Yeah. Shout out, Brian. That was, <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, and that's just it. Like, but with that, if you don't have good skin, you cannot purchase such bolt, these boulders. It's true. It's right. very true. I've been, I was in like a, a tizzy. We'll mm. call it, we'll call it a tizzy. Okay last week over skin because I've never experienced this road warrior skin. You know, I generally have a week to grow that shit back before I go rock climbing again. Yeah. And perks of being a weekend warrior must be nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now I don't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. So I'm spending a lot of skin and I was freaking out and I was talking to my friend Miko and he suggested rhino skin so i reached out to those guys and and i'm testing it right now and it seems to be working great like i had i had a really great day with good skin on on my little bouldery project that i'm working on that has heinous crimps that i couldn't hold because my fingers were crying every time i touched them mm -hmm. and it feels great now so yeah so so far rhino skin is a good thing and yeah, take care of your skin. I agree. Nice. Yeah, I've been dabbling a bit Strongly. with rhino skin. I've used antihydral for quite yep. a long time, yep. and I'm a huge believer in keeping your skin just dry. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I was freaking out, because I left my antihydral in Wyoming. Oh, man. And I'm like, do I have to really go on this foosball website and buy it and have it shipped to the middle of Kentucky? From Germany. <laughs> from Germany, so that I can try my project again like I'm, I'm just not willing to go that far i'm not that hardcore yet yes um also for anyone interested antihydral is the active ingredient i think it's pronounced methinamine but it's 16 percent, and a lot of people are terrified because it's yeah um if you have dry skin already yeah it can be quite aggressive like you don't put it in the seams between your fingers because it'll crack your skin and uh 
I have really wet skin, so man, I could shower in that stuff and I'm yeah. good to go. Yeah. But um, Rhino Skin has two different ones, and for what I think it's worth, three now. Okay, three. For what it's worth, I don't get Rhino Skin for free or anything. I actually like yep. have purchased it, and I'm a fan of what they use. But uh, yep. they did send me some for free, but but we are not in any way sponsored by Rhino Skin. Yes, we're so just digging it. Put that all. out there. Um, yeah, everyone out in Smith uses it, and those people grab heinous holds. Yeah. But uh, so antihydral sixteen percent, and then. I believe Rhino Skin just came out with one that matches that, but they also have one called Dry, and that's 8%, and they have a Perform, which is 4%. And the nice thing about those is because they're a lower percentage, you can just put it on your whole hand. You don't have to worry as much about your seam splitting, stuff like that. And I've used it for a couple of weeks now, and I've been a pretty big fan. Um, I'll update whenever we have our next Rapid Fire Tactics meeting. Yeah. Word. Um, but yeah, keep your skin taken care of. Cause the thing is whenever your skin gets thin, like it starts seeping and like sweating more and it tears up faster. So just in your day early, you know, tape whenever your skin gets, looks like it's about to get bad. Don't wait until it's terrible. Yep. Yeah. You know, just take care of it. It's, yeah. Okay. We're sucking at this rapid fire thing. So, uh, <laughs> next, uh, brush the damn holds. Um, yes. whenever you're hanging on the rope, every time you're hanging on the rope, brush the damn holds, even the jugs, brush the jugs. Nobody loves the jugs oh my God, anymore. That's, they yeah. don't brush the damn jugs. I can't tell you how many times, cause I'm an excessive brusher. I brush all the damn time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I need a new brush cause mine's wrecked. And I can't tell you how often the easy sections get no love. They're just caked in chalk. But it all needs love, so give it love. It's community service, y'all. Yeah. Well, what's funny is like you end up spending the most time on jugs when you're shaking out on a rest. Right. See someone on a route for 30 minutes, 25 of it, so they're hanging out on the jugs, and all they brush is, brush is the uh, Crocs holds. Yeah. So. And that includes everybody. If you're on 510, 511, 513, 515, brush the damn holds. Okay, next. Yeah. Um, my next one. Oh, I'm cruxing out here. You've been stumped. I got one. Don't be afraid to stick clip or clip up. Oh, that's a good one. That may have been what I was about to use. Okay. Well, we'll just pretend uh, that was in your voice. I'll change it. So it's also rodeo voice. clip while you're on route. Yeah. Rodeo that works clip really well. Route. Go direct rodeo <laughs> clip. Oh, I'm just going to say that go direct whenever you fall on a oh, sport route. Good shit. Like save your belayers back. Like no one wants to sit here and just like, and your rope. Not only that, I mean, yeah. like whenever you fall, you heat up a carabiner. You know how you cut a rope? You run it over a hot blade. That's the best way to <laughs> like, and if you fall on a carabiner in the red, yeah, it's a hot yeah, blade. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. You're exactly so like right. you're stretching out this rope. You're elongating it, like you're taking out all the elasticity, and whenever you're sitting on it, it's just like stays stretched out. So the second you fall on it again, it no longer has any stretch or give, so you're just damaging it. So yeah, go direct, save your blayer, save your rope. Oh shit, that's a good one. Okay, I think that's probably all we got. I think so. Uh, you can catch us on the Instagrams, the Facebooks, um, and in Hazard. You can find us in Hazard. MySpace, our Zanga page. <laughs> I had to delete my MySpace eventually. But you cannot find us on Twitter because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Maybe don't know. This time, 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 this time
bitch. Mm. 